You are about to start listening to the hottest up and coming show on All Sports Cleveland on NorthcoastUnderground.com. My name is Tyrell Jackson, and this is Technically It Is Real. I am not afraid to hold back any topic or to hold back my opinion, whether it is right or wrong. I shoot straight from the hip. But what you will get from me is the best, the real, the authentic me. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show because this is Technically It Is Real and we are live. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition to Technically It Is Real because we are live. I'm having a little bit of issue with my intro, but that's okay. We are here in beautiful Valley View, Ohio, and it's not as gloomy as the last couple of Saturdays, but nonetheless, we're going to continue to roll on, and thank God it's not raining this Saturday. But welcome to the 10th installment of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson, and I have a very special guest with me, none other than my classmate of mine, and let me give you a formal introduction. This man is... Uh, amazing. He's a good friend of mine. He's a person who uh, works really hard and has a good personality. A little shy behind the mic sometimes, but you know, this dude is nonetheless one of the best people I've ever met so far in my time here at this school. None other than Kenny Curry. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Tyrell. Good to be on the show. So for my listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and uh, what brought you here to this school. Hey, so, yep, my name's Kenny. I'm from Cleveland, just like Tyrell here. And we just, um, well, see. Look, so, look, I, like I said, my, my boy Kenny, he a good dude, but it's, it's good, man. Like, so, look, he, he a Cleveland native, Cleveland fan, through and through. And, uh, you know, this, this is my boy right here. So, look. We gon' we gonna get into Jobber of the Week. So let me tell you what Jobber of the Week is, Kenny, real quick. So Jobber of the Week is anything that uh you stand out above the rest of just being an idiot. You know mm. what I'm saying? Or it's just whatever it may be. Like last week was the Steeler fans doing the Mexican wave while the Seahawks player was down on the ground. Okay, you know, just yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of idiots. Um, two weeks ago was John Gruden and those emails. Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider will always be an honorable jobber of the week because that <laughs> right. guy just sucks. He just sucks as an owner. He sucks as a human being. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, he is job of the week. But we got a new job of the week, and it's not as serious as the other two. And we're talking about the Cleveland Guardians versus the Cleveland Guardians yes. as jobber of the week. And as as to not confuse the audience, let's just call the baseball team the baseball team for now because we don't even know what their name is going to be. But uh, just real quick, what are your thoughts about the the name change and and what is going on with this whole Guardians versus Guardians situation? Yeah, this is really a ridiculous situation, if you want to be honest. Just the fact that they didn't have enough – they didn't do enough research to even – yeah. Or the fact that they believed they could take a name and just right, right. move on with it like nothing was going to happen. So I was doing a little research on this uh, uh, um, last night because, mm. you know, we got to make sure our listeners are informed here. But so, look, the Rolling Derby team has been in operation since 2013. But according to their website, it seemed like they've been out of operation for about three to four years. I don't know if that's because of financial reasons or be ready to uh, restart or then maybe because of the... What, what happened was going on with COVID right now probably stopped that a little bit but they do have signups on their website as of right now but they claim that the team knew about their trademark 
even before they announced it. And they also claimed that the team came up with the name, then contacted them after they realized, like, okay, somebody else has this name. And it seems to me as as a as a amateur as an amateur sports team, they, they are a part of the the uh, men's roller roller derby association, even though it is a co ed league, if that is what their uh their sports league is called. It seems to me that this team covered their tracks to the T. It seems to me because they got the trademarks, they, they have the rights to the name, and the Indians tried to find a way or excuse me the baseball team tried to find their way around by applying the trade market in a small Eastern African Island. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's crazy. And it's no offense. It's not even that great of a name to do all of that. Like we could have at least tried to come up with something better. I feel like at that I, point, I got the concept because I think that's why the, the Derby team came up with the exact same name. And if you look at the roller derby team's logo, yeah. they have the exact same guardian as the one that are, that is on that bridge that's facing the uh, uh, Jacobs Field or Progressive Field or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Me, I personally did not mind the, the, the move, actually, or the, the name change. Mm-hmm. Was I a big fan of it? No, I would have. To be honest, my personal favorite was the Coyotes. You could have kept the, the pack of tribe, you know, some sometimes Coyotes. And a pack is known as a tribe, so you can still go with the Go Tribe theme, and you can still keep them the colors. There's a lot of coyotes here in this city. It, it, it to me it made sense over spiders and all the other stuff to me, but Guardians wasn't a bad name. I personally didn't care, and I'm gonna tell you why. They are still a Cleveland team in general. Like if we got in an uproar about the name change, can you imagine if they if if this team moved to another city? Yeah, yeah, it, just, it would be an outrage. It it just be just ridiculous. So it's like, okay, you can be upset and mad and whatever it may be, and it's like, oh, you know, cancel culture wins and whatever it may be. But I've always said this: if you if you don't like cancel culture, and then something happens where a name change, and then you proceed to go, well, I'm not going to watch that team anymore. I'm just done watching them. Don't you become cancel culture? Yeah, you got a point. I mean, I mean, you're canceling the team for going with the quote-unquote cancel culture, so therefore you become cancel culture. So now it's just this revolving circle of cancel culture. Yeah. So it's just it's just stupid to me. But even like even like like it's just crazy to me. But they apparently once once in once the baseball team found out that they were that this team existed, there was a trademark behind it. This is a strong legal binding trademark. They offered him, as what multiple articles said, a, a normal uh, offer. I would imagine that's a low-ball offer. Yeah. And the owner of the actual Guardians did not accept that offer. Yeah. So you offered him probably, like, some crappy offer to the point where it's like, dude, we're not taking that. Yeah. And then offer it again. And, this is, and they offered it before they announced the name change. So I would assume they offered it. The Guardians said no. no. Then... They sat back and was like, screw you. I'm going to go with the name change anyway because we have money and we have the MLB to back us up. Well, it doesn't matter. To me, it does not matter how powerful your lawyers are. It doesn't matter how powerful your organization is. At the end of the day, the paper is going to matter. And if they got their legal stuff down correctly, this is what's going on. Yeah, because if you look at the logo, it looks exactly, almost exactly the same. Like, they changed a couple colors, but... That's about it. Yeah, they didn't really change the font of of the Indians thing, but I mean, it's like it's like they really 
they, they changed a couple of things. It wasn't like, you know, a big change or anything. So it comes off as lazy to begin with. But then I, I think the reason why I like the roller derby's um, chances in this is because of the simple fact that this name change happened in July. It happened in July. Mm-hmm. They're now suing them in, in October, November. They clearly did their research. Unlike yeah. the baseball team. They clearly did their research enough to where they felt wanted to where they was like, okay, we are going to sue because they feel like they have a legitimate chance to win. Do you feel like the Guardians have a a legitimate chance to win this lawsuit against the baseball team? I do. I believe they – I really believe they should because if you really just look at the facts and if they got all their trademarks and all their paperwork down, it's really not an argument. No, it's it's not an argument at all. I I don't don't think – especially if you're you're, you're – work around that is to apply the trademark in a eastern african island yeah like you're obviously trying to find loopholes yeah obviously and you know it's just it's this is ridiculous and it is an embarrassment on this city that is already a quote-unquote national embarrassment on this country how they make fun of us all the time but i've always felt like this city is misunderstood but it doesn't help that the baseball team is just making us look a little bit more stupid and lazy than what we <laughs> yeah, actually Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just do your research. Like, even, even and, and, and we, we talked about Dan Snyder and how incompetent of an owner he is, and he will always be an incompetent owner. But I will give Dan Snyder this credit. When, do you remember when they changed over from the, the Redskins over to the football team? Yeah. Now, do you remember when they were getting ready to do their name change? Yeah. So... They were getting ready to do their name change, but then they did their research. Unlike the Cleveland baseball team, they did their research and realized some real estate agent bought all the trademarks. And then the real estate agent was like, okay, if you want these trademarks, pay me a boatload of money. Yeah. And Dan Snyder, being the cheap person that he is, said, yeah, like, yeah, no, never mind. You know, it's just like, okay, cool. Now you're sticking with the football team. Right. Sounds stupid, but I, I I would keep it. I mean, yeah, at this point, it's not that bad of a name at this point because yeah. we've been saying it for a little bit, and it's not like it doesn't. It still kind of rings a little bit, so yeah. it works out. I've always been a fan of DCFC. Mm. Just call them the football club. It makes sense. You play in Washington D.C. Why not be the DCFC? As well, Pat McAfee said the same thing too. But I've I, I've said it as well as like, yo, just be DCFC. Like mm-hmm. that's. Because even their soccer team is D.C. United. So it's not like you're going to be like, okay, well, we got D.C. United. You know, D.C., like, their soccer team is not even D.C.F.C. Yeah. So I would have made it that, and it would have rolled off the tongue better. It would have been better. Marketing would have been better. But if you keep football team, who who, who are you really offending here? Yeah. Not offended. Now, now somebody get offended because they named them the football team. Then it's like, okay, go get a hobby. <laughs> right. Like, seriously. You're just making stuff up at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, we got – it's just – this This is crazy. I, I've never I've, – I've personally never seen anything like this to where you got a name change and not all the wrinkles are ironed out the shirt. Yeah. You know, this, that, that's, to me, this is ridiculous. And that's why this segment gets Jobber of the Week, because it's just like, really? And it's more so on the baseball team than the roller derby team, because they did their jobs properly. Yeah, you had a whole year to figure this out. You had time. Once, oh, they had more once, than a year. Yeah, once you saw Washington had to change their name, you knew you were next. Yeah. yeah. You had a whole year 
two, I think two years probably. Pretty actually, much, pretty much, yeah. To figure out a name change, and you couldn't find one that at least would be legal, you know? Right. I mean, it reminds me of when, when we went from Chief Wahoo. You know, yeah. there was no new logo. It was just the letter C. Mm-hmm. It, it comes off as lazy. You get used to the letter C or whatever it may be. But it's just, it, it comes off as lazy. Yeah. Like, the Dolans are cheap. They're lazy. Like, and that's that's the thing that baffles me, too, as I'm sitting here thinking about it. So, you know, we call the Dolans cheap. But it's like, they don't play players that they need to pay. But they'll pay Tom Hanks to come in and do a promotional video that might not even matter by around this time <laughs> right. next year. Like, th- that's ridiculous to me. Yeah. See, Tom Hanks ain't cheap. I know he ain't cheap. This, this ain't this ain't cameo.com. You had to hire that man to do the voiceover and everything. Then you had to hire the producers and the people, the editing team, to do that. This is stupid. They spent all this money on that hype package. Even after they offered the crappy offer that they offered, even when they said, screw this guy, we're still going to do it anyway. And it's like, it's not going to matter. It probably won't matter by April, by the time April comes along. Yeah. This yeah. is ridiculous. They, they, they irritate me. They, they, Dolan, sell the team. Sell the team to somebody who actually going to spend money, not to some crappy owner that's going to move the team. Sell the team. Every, every Cleveland team needs a new owner. Uh, I like the Haslam's now. I don't. I don't. Uh, hold on, the Hazards been the has yeah. messed up for a little bit, but you know what? I, I would say fine this now because they got they're not touching it. Oh yeah, they they're they're better than the <laughs> way they are miles ahead of Randy Lerner. I've mm-hmm. always said that about them, even when we were losing, and even though we went over sixteen under the Haslams, I've always said I've always liked them better than Randy Lerner because at least they're here. They care about the team. They're making a lot of bad mistakes. They did. But I was like, yo, this they, they really care about the investment. You know, it's, it's not like some owner, they getting in for a money grab and then they hiring a bunch of bad people. I, I saw effort every single time. Mm-hmm. And even when it was like the worst of the worst, I've always saw effort from the Haslam's. That's why I never was really mad about the Haslam's. Like per se, like was I happy about their choices? No. But was I mad that they owned the team? No, because they actually cared. Unlike, you know. The Dolans. I don't yeah. think the Dolans really care. I mean, I get what you're saying. I believe he cared. It's just I feel like he put his hand too, too much, too in much the in, the, cook, in yeah. the cookie bowl, or yeah. and he really shouldn't have been doing but all. That's, that's kind of his fault for listening to Jerry Jones in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him because he's a new owner and you try to get advice all over the place. But Jerry Jones gonna say, you know, man, we gotta, uh, you gotta put your hand in the cookie pot everywhere you go. You know, right. you gotta make sure you. You know, I got my son in there for a reason, so he can watch it when I'm over there. You know, dancing with strippers and stuff like that. You know, so it's like, so it's like that. That's that's Jerry Jones for you, but Jimmy, Jimmy and D, you know what? And he got the he had the whole thing with the pilot J thing. He was dealing, like that's why I appreciate Jimmy and D. He was going through whatever he was going through with that lawsuit with with the with the with, with the government team, yeah. and the pilot J stuff, and yeah. that was a an embarrassment. But even while he was going through that, he was still coming to work. Still trying to make the Browns improve in his image wasn't working, but I like to me it's better to give effort than somebody who's just sitting in the background and cares about their soccer team that is now defunct. So it's like yeah, and then Dan Gilbert, you know, we're wishing him still wishing him a speedy recovery as well. You know, he's still battling what he had with that stroke and everything like that. But I mean, Dan Gilbert is another guy that gets too involved, but at least he tries. I've always got a soft spot for people that at least try for this city and actually cares about this city. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of problems we might have with our owners is just they're a little too selfish. Yeah, they're a little too selfish, a little too involved. Them, yeah, it causes them to make mistakes for our teams. Like, yeah. 
make selfish decisions instead of team decisions for money or whatever to, it may be. Yeah, whatever it may be. Yeah, I feel like that's more so on the Dolans than anything. Like even like Gilbert, like like Gilbert's shown that at least when LeBron's here, like he's shown like okay, we're this close to a championship. Spend everything we got. I think he's sh- he's shown that multiple times. And and that's the thing I like about Gilbert is that like Gilbert will play the conservative role when we're a losing team when there's like nothing in sight. But as soon as he sees like okay we need this piece and mm-hmm. this piece, he tells his people go get them. I don't care what we got to do. I will spend the luxury tax. Go get them. Yeah, but I also believe that he messed up our whole championship situation too as well though with like the way uh, Gilbert was. Cause you know he de- he never wanted to pay. You know how he never pays his uh, yeah his GMs his GMs and stuff well, like that. I mean that. that's because David Griffin wasn't a yes man. That's that's the downside about Gilbert. Gilbert wants a yes man. That's why Kobe's still there. Yeah, I mean I I get what you're saying, but we kind of needed <laughs> Gilbert because I mean uh, Griffin Griffin yeah. yeah we needed Griffin to keep our team together. Yeah yeah we we did a little then, bit, but you know what the Kyrie thing messed that up too. And then Katie going to the Warriors kind of messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, do we do like like I see what you're saying, but I've always said like, okay, well Kyrie was in his well, I don't want to be behind LeBron James thing, and then like, and then like Griffin wanted his money, he deserved his money rightfully so, and Dan Gilbert wasn't budging with that, so it's like, and and, and I don't blame Gilbert in this sense because Griffin was kind of like, all right, he kind of was a yes man to LeBron. Like that's the thing. Like LeBron was low key general manager in that in that in that organization because like how how do you pay Tristan Thompson eighty two million dollars? Like no disrespect, but how? Like how? Yeah, I like, get that, but I feel like thirty million. If you're gonna listen to LeBron to get this team, because they obviously listen to him enough to get all these old players on the cap. Yeah. And but then, then it hurts us too. Whereas now, even though we're playing some excellent, I, I think we're playing good basketball right now. Right now, I, I, lo- I like the Cavs. I like the team we got right now. That's a whole. That's why I also think he should keep. Uh, what's his name? The GM we have now. Oh, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. yeah. Because we're building something. I think he should pay Kobe and keep Kobe because we got yeah. something going. I mean, Kobe is the only one that uh, the Altman's the only one that signed a contract extension under under uh, Gilbert. Yeah, I think he's the only one. So I mean, I think it's about time for another one. So. He might be yeah, due I think up for one. He has one. like one more year or something. Yeah, something so like, like that. So, hopefully. yeah, I would definitely keep it. Yeah, I would definitely keep it. But uh, we're gonna go on a commercial break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about top five best World Series moments in the last twenty years, or just the best World Series moments in the last twenty years. You are listening to Technically It Is Real. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks and a song. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. So we're gonna talk about the best World Series moments since two thousand. And we are going to just, it's in no order. It's just going to be some some very good moments. And we're just going to open it up with the 2016 World Series because there are two moments from that World Series that I have to say definitely belongs on there. First, what we were on the receiving end of. you got to give the Cubs credit for winning a world championship for the first time in 108 years. you got to give them the props for it. We were on the receiving end of it, but it was still a historical moment that we had watched yeah. that, I mean, it's, to me, I think that's crazy. You know, I, I, I don't think I would have thought I would have saw a Cubs World Championship win until I was, like, much older than what I actually was, mm, for yeah. sure. 
Like, I was only, like, what, 20 years old? Yeah, yeah. yeah, 20 years old, so, you know, it is what it is with that. I'm like, man, why we got to lose that World Series? But, you know, at the same time, you got to give the Cubs their credit for winning that championship. Yeah, it's always nice for a city to get their first championship and experience that that joy that you don't really get to see all that often. So, like, yeah, I know, like, from the 2016 Cavs championship, just that, yeah. that joy it feels from your team finally – Getting over that hump right. and getting over that hump. And if it, it takes 100 years, it feels like it Way took 100 better, years. Yeah. And so. it's so crazy because the White Sox won the World Series 11 years before that. Yeah. And a lot of people forget, like, like you had the you had the Red Sox win theirs in 2004. I think at that time it was like 85, 86 years they had won a World Series. Mm-hmm. For the White Sox, it was 92 years in 2005. So they win that World Series, and then 11 years later, you know, we got the Cubs that won the World Series, uh, unfortunately, against us. You know, it just kind of sucks. But, hey, now we got the longest drought. So, congratulations. <laughs> right. You've done something right again, for sure. But let's talk about the moment in Game 7 that, to me, I've seen actually talked about more than the actual Cubs win itself across the Internet. And that's Raji Davis' 2-1 two, two yeah. home run in the bottom of the eighth, two outs, down to the final strike. And he just, I mean, the line drives it straight to the home run porch. What a moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's big swing. Crazy. Yeah, like, just that that play alone just shook the internet. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it still shakes the internet to this yeah. day. It's like, yo, we lost that game. And, and it's like, we lost that game, but they still talk about that moment. And it was it's one of those rare moments. Like, okay, no matter what happened, that was just epic. Yeah. Like, Prime example, do you remember the Jermaine Curse catch uh, in Super Bowl 49? In 49? What, what Seahawks you? versus Patriots. Do you remember the Jermaine Curse catch? I think so. I got to think. I gotta, may have to look at it one more time. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the uh-huh. Jermaine Curse catch was insane because it seems like it's knocked down off the ground, and he bobbles it. I mean, he is, like, inches off the ground and bobbles it and snags it in. Uh-huh. And is actually able to get up to at least try to run. And then the player who pushed him out of bounds was that then none other than Malcolm Butler. Right. But the Jermaine Curse catch sets up for Marshawn Lynch. And if no. people forget, Marshawn Lynch ran the ball and got stopped at the one. And then the interception happens. That's what I'm talking about. Like, moments that happen, but they get taken away because your team lost. Yeah. Like, KD, game seven last year, in the playoffs earlier this summer, and I don't, I don't, I still don't hear people talk about that that game right now. That was one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen, yeah. and it does not get talked about because of the simple fact that the Bucks won. Mm-hmm. It's different, with Raji Davis. It's like, yo, he smashed it. We lost, and they still talk about it. It's, yeah, it, it was epic. I mean, one, the cameraman falls down, like the cameraman falls <laughs> right. down, and the camera <laughs> spins to show the crowd. So it just added to that moment. It was just a raw authentic moment and that stadium went nuts i think the whole city of cleveland went nuts because i remember watching i remember um watching watching the game in my apartment and really i i, I kind of turned it off and then my friend christian called me he was like hey man you might want to turn it on it's getting interesting i was like man we, we you know because it was looking real bad so i did turn it off for a little bit but he was like no you might want to turn it on and i turned it on and the next pitch roger hit it oh okay yeah. and i like even though i wasn't watching the whole game I went nuts, you know, like like my, my fiance was laying next to me. She was like, oh, my God, you know. 
And next thing I know, I hear the whole the whole neighborhood was just going ballistic. Like yeah. it was, it, it it's it's one of those moments that lives in Cleveland lore forever. And yeah, we did not even win the game. We would have won that game if it wasn't for that rain delay. And I remember that night. It wasn't even raining that bad. I'm like, dude, what is this rain delay? What is this? Why? You know, it's, yeah. that, this is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy moment, though, and it'll always be remembered for... But I'll give you another crazy moment. Mm-hmm. David Freeze's 2011, he played, He becomes a legend. So, David Freeze, they're down... It's, it's the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Texas Rangers, game six. The Cardinals are down three games to two, and they're down by two runs. They got a runner on second, and what was it? It was first and second. Yeah, first and second. And... David Freeze, last strikeout, last out, mm-hmm. hits the ball to right field. The defensive player misses it. Then he cannot recover the ball. Two players score, and David Freeze scores as a triple, a two-run RBI triple. And it changed the whole series because they're down to their final out. They're down yeah. to their final strike. The Rangers' first world championship is right there. It's like it's like you know you can't have peanut butter for two weeks. And then you finally have peanut butter. You're about to reach the peanut butter. And then all of a sudden someone goes, nah, I don't think so. It's like, damn, I just wanted some peanut butter. That's all I wanted. That's what it was. And to think, they're down to the final two outs. They're up. They're down by two at home. Game six. The series is over. At least you would think. That's the thing I love about baseball. Two things I love about baseball the most. Yes, people could talk about it's boring, it's slow-paced, is this, that, and the third. But no matter what rule changes happen in that game, two things is going to happen. Do you know how to pitch? And do you know how to hit? Don't yeah. matter if you spend the strike zone. doesn't matter. It comes back down to fundamentals. And another thing that I like about baseball, there is no time limit. So there's always a chance. You can be down by 14 runs with one out left. Yeah. The game ain't over. It, it is legitimately like one of those, the game is not over until it's over. Like, yeah. basketball, you're getting blown out. It's 30 seconds left. You know the game is over. Hockey, same thing. Football, same thing. Tennis, tennis to an extent, same thing. Baseball is like, no, you you down by 14. You you got a chance. Yeah. You got a chance to, to it's hit. It's up to you. It's up to you. And not only does he do that in the bottom of the ninth, then the bottom of the 11 happened, tie game 9-9, and he hits the walk-off home run. Yeah. And they end up winning game seven, winning the World Series, all because David Freeze became that dude like that. Yeah, that's one of the top moments in sports history just off of how he changed that whole series yeah. just with one swing. Like, just, just one swing, and the whole series was different. You know, and it's just like, like okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, man, that that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like, how do you change a series like that? It, you're down two runs, final out, final strike. And yeah. you don't make that play? And the fact that he did it twice. Like, after hitting it yeah. in the ninth and then coming back and doing it in the 11th is just. Yeah, and, and walks it off. Right. And walks it off. And then they went, like, I think it was like 6 2 in game seven. And the Rangers still looking for their first World Series win. Still. Because, yeah. because of that play right there. And that was 10 years ago. Like, that's crazy to me. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. But, he became a legend. I mean, that's one of those. If he's in St. Louis, he should, he better not ever have to buy beer. Like everybody should recognize his face <laughs> right. to this day, and beer should be flying to his <laughs> section all the time. But I give you another one. Mm. I give you another great performance. I give you Madison Bumgarner, 2014. 
2014, he played three games. He started to. I'm just gonna give you a stat run. Just give you a simple stat run okay. of his World Series win uh, run. He started two games, went two and zero. He played 21 total innings. He also came out in a three inning save. Only allowed one hit. Only allowed one home run. Only allowed one uh, batter to be walked. Struck out 19 batters and had an ERA of .43, including the save in Game 7 to win the World Series. Madison Bumgarner was on a whole nother level in that series. Yeah. Like, his two games that he started, they couldn't touch him. They couldn't even touch him with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Cause it didn't matter. In, the, in Game 5, he threw a shutout. So, yeah, he was definitely just – it was not really fair. Right. But then he comes back in Game 7. Out of the bullpen, day and a half rest, and comes out and delivers a masterful, a masterful performance. Yeah. Like he gave up one hit in the uh, uh, in the in the uh, bottom of the of the ninth, and it was like two outs. He gave up that hit, so he gave up that, and then he str- and then he gets the pop up uh, to to close the series uh, in foul territory, and it's just like you you cannot ask. For better pitching than that, yeah, like you really can't. Like right. that—that's—that's that's pitching that gets you in the Hall of Fame. That's pitching that that makes you immortal. And lore, it's just like it's still talked about to this day because it's unbelievable how great he pitched. And that Royals team was stacked. They had hitters, yeah. so it was like it wasn't against like. Like the Indians of this year, mm-hmm. where they can't hit a lick, you know, you know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? They get they get no hit it like four or five times a month or whatever it may be. It's just like, no, they can hit, and Bumgarner shuts them down for three games. Yeah, when they think they can win it close, and I and I know, I know Kansas City fans, I know Kansas City players felt happy when they saw Madison Bumgarner walk out the bullpen because they're like, oh wait, this dude just pitched. They doing it again? Oh, he weak. He's yeah. weak. No, he just came out stronger and better than everybody else. I mean, that to me that was insane. That was insane to me. Yeah, it really was. And then you got, and then you got what? Uh, then, then we we'll, we'll round the clock back to twenty years ago, Game Seven, another Game Seven, World Series. Luis Gonzalez blooper to center field to win the the Diamondbacks their only World Series championship against the Yankees. And that was the first World Series that was played in November mm-hmm. because of what happened with 9-11 and the baseball season got delayed. You had the George Bush first pitch, which is still one of the best first pitches in of all time. Right. <laughs> the, the, the circumstances of it all. Then he throws it right down the middle like, yeah. like it's nothing. You got the entire world watching you throw that first pitch. And he just throws it right down the middle. He doesn't throw it this way. He doesn't throw it that way. It's just perfectly perfect strike right down the middle. Yeah. So you had that. But then you had that great series. And you got Luis Gonzalez. Mariano Rivera already gave up a run in that inning. But you're still facing one of the best closers. And in most people's cases, the best closer in MLB history. And at that time, he was considered as one of the best closers in the league. And you hit it just a little blooper. But, hey, you win the game. And you shut the Yankees out. You know, uh, of winning another championship and preventing them from going back to back, but it, to me, it's, it's special because, like, that was that was supposed to be the Yankees World Series. Yeah. You know, nine eleven, you think, hey, let's give it to New York and everything like that, and it's like, no, Arizona just snatched it right from them. Yeah, that's one of the bigger upsets too. 
Yeah, yeah it definitely it definitely was. I think the Diamondbacks were only in existence for like six years or something like that, mm-hmm. and they won their World Championship. So it's like that that to me that's amazing. That is amazing. And then we got a good World Series that's going on right now with Atlanta up two to one, and I hope they win this World Series because I just hate the Astros. Like, <laughs> yeah, they learned yeah. nothing, and they and nothing they still got all, and they still became good. It's like the rich kid that 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 gets away <laughs> right. with doing all the wrong right. things. It's like, dude, not only did he get away with it, but he's still rich. Right. Come on. Come on. This is ridiculous. And they still got another chance to to win another, to win one. another one. I don't count 27. And I almost put game five of the 2017 World Series because, to me, if there's any game close to game seven of 2016, it would be game five of 2017. That World Series was insane. I watched that live. Yeah. That was insane. And I couldn't, and I couldn't put it up there because of what we know. Like we didn't know what we knew, it definitely would have been up there. That whole game would have been up there. Yeah. Like what? What some other moments you think would, would could could fit in in those World Series lists in your opinion? Uh yeah. Uh, another moment I liked was uh in um in two thousand five when um. Scott Podinson game two, he had that walk off home. Oh run. yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, he pretty much, he pretty much shut that down. Yeah, it was pretty much over after that. It was pretty much over. I mean, they Chicago just walked right through that. Yeah, after like, that, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. It was a wrap for sure. I mean, man, that 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 was a great home run. Yeah, I mean, they took that I, series I, after. Yeah, that. Yeah, they took that series. I think it was like a one. I think that was the only run of the game. Yeah, and it's just. I mean, he and it wasn't like no weak home. I mean, he blasted that thing out of the park. I mean, just. I don't think I saw the ball at that. <laughs> I mean, right. he, he, he smoked that thing out the park. So it's like, yeah, that yeah, that's that's a great moment. I I, I would say this too. I would say. I would say. Okay, I would. You know, I put Game Five up there. Twenty seventeen. I put Game Five. <laughs> you got to, huh? I, I, you know what? Because yeah, knowing what we know is like, dude, it's an asterisk to it. Yeah. Just like it's an asterisk to the Astros World Series win, but like, just take away what we know, and you got one hell of a baseball game. Just take away what we know. That is still one of the best baseball games to ever happen. Yeah, but that what we know is big. I I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but I, I just I just gotta put it out there. I will put. The, the Red Sox winning the championship in 05 to okay. end their 92-year uh-huh. streak. I will also put the Red Sox winning as well. I think 86 years, you know, that's a long time. I mean, if you think about it, back-to-back years, we had long streaks in. And if the Cubs would have did their jobs against the Florida Marlins, they'd probably beat the Yankees in 03. Yeah, that's, that's another one, too, in 03. Yeah, they probably, I mean, like, 03, the Florida Marlins, Marlins yeah, they win the second championship. But if the Cubs... What it did their job. I don't blame Steve Bartman. I said this two weeks ago. I do not blame Steve Bartman for the Cubs losing that series uh, against the Florida Marlins in the, in the league championship uh, series because you're still up by three. Bartman didn't give up seven runs, eight, seven eight runs in the bottom of in the top of the eighth, and Bartman damn sure wasn't out there to help y'all lose game seven. So it's like, do you, why would you blame Bartman? Yeah. Why would you blame Bartman? And it's, and it's one of those things of, of a what if the Cubs would have still close out that series. They were a strong team. They probably beat the Yankees as well. Mm-hmm. So we could have potentially had back-to-back-to-back years where three curses ended. That would have been insane. But the fact we got two still, 
and it's amazing. And if you really think about it, I know we talking about World Series moments, but it, it, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why it's gonna tie in. When Boston came back from 3-0 against the Yankees in 0-4, mm-hmm. it was the changing of dominance in that his uh, in that rivalry because ever since then the Red Sox have had what 04 07 13 and was it 19 I think they so won? yeah so they have four world championships since that series the yeah. Yankees only have one and the Yankees has has not played in the world series since 2009 like the Yankees not playing in a single world series in the 2010s was the first time that ever happened in their team's history like that series changed everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, you it got really did. It really did. So, it's like, it's a lot of great World Series moments. I, I, will, I will put, um, I will even put, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I just had it um, on the top of my head. I just had it. It's so crazy. But, I will, oh, I will put Game 5 of 2015, how, how the Royals came back uh-huh. and, and was able to clinch the World Series in New York. Uh, I, I will put that up there. And I mean, World Series—they they produce a lot of baseball. Baseball playoff produces a lot of great moments. Yeah. And that's just the crazy part about it. That's just the crazy part about it. But when we come back, we got a big debate. We got a big debate, Kenny. All it's right. about Art Modell. All right. So we're gonna uh, play some commercials. Gonna play a song or two. You are listening to Technically Real. It is real on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back. That was Tell Me What I Want by Neverland. We are back to Technically It Is Real. So, Kenny, I got a question for you, man. And I did not want to tell you this when when we were talking about this off the show because I want your general reaction. Okay. Is Art Modell a Hall of Famer? Yes. I don't like him, but yes, I think off of what he did, Everything that he's done is too much to just not call him a Hall of Famer. You know what? I thought she was going to say no. <laughs> so, I mean, I, let me ask you this. Why Why do you feel like he's a Hall of Famer? He was a part. It's a lot of – he's just a part of too much history. Just like between being the owner when the Browns were good back when um, back in the 60s and the 70s when yeah. we were – It was up, up and down, but yeah. Yeah. And – but – being a part of the good the good Browns time, the move even though the move I hate the move it's very important in history in NFL history and then he helped with the with like the TV money and just between all he helped the NFL in a lot like he he has a lot of imprint on like the game today on like on everything that's going on right now like between how much people got paid is getting paid right now with the TV deals. The Browns and the Ravens. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I mean, look, those TV deals that we, that the NFL is getting out is is insane, and he, the NFL has to thank Art Modell a lot for it. It's just that I, do you think he will ever be in the Hall of Fame? Like, do you think the NFL will skate over the fact that Kenton's only like forty five minutes away from Cleveland and still put him and give him his due diligence as far as his involvement in the NFL um, and put him in the Hall of Fame? I feel like they will, cause. Eventually, every I feel like they're not gonna. What he did is still kind of important. Like yeah, definitely. I mean, 
reason why the Browns were on the first Monday night football simulcast ever is because he offered the Cleveland Browns to do that. Yeah. The reason why we have the NFL the way it is now is because of Art Modell as well. Because a lot of people forget that the very when when the AFL and the NFL merge. I said that right, right? Yeah. The yeah. AFL and the NFL merge. They had a issue on their hands because there were an uneven amount of teams on the NFL side compared to the AFL side. It was like 16 to 10 or something like that. So in order to make the AFC and the NFC conferences, they needed three teams to move over to the AFL to make it official. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it for a moment, our model is responsible for three franchises in this current NFL. He's responsible for the Ravens, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for the Browns and, and the Browns keeping their namesake and everything like that. He did get that up in the lawsuit. But can you guess what other team he is responsible for? Um, If I... Would you about to say the Bengals? Yeah. He's responsible yeah. for the Bengals. Yeah. Because he doesn't fire Paul, fire Paul Brown. The Cincinnati Bengals probably do not exist. And that's why the Cincinnati Bengals look like us to an yeah. extent. Like, especially like like now it's kinda like, okay, you can tell the difference. But if you look at like early Cincinnati Bengals footage, you have to really pay attention to figure out, okay, who's is who is who? Because they look like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But it's really the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, so it's like he's responsible for three franchises and, and a lot of people forget that the Bengals did not start off in the NFL. They actually started off in the AFL, even though they tried to get into the NFL mm-hmm. and they were denied. Paul Brown was like, okay, well, I'll just go to the AFL and then the merger happened. So, like, Art Modell was the first one to stand up and go say, hey, look, the Browns will go over and move over to the AFL side so we can make it even. Yeah. And that's what helped the Pittsburgh Steelers go over there and do it. Bunch of copycats. And then, right. <laughs> and then the now Indianapolis Colts, but the Baltimore Colts move over to the AFL, AFL side. And that's how we got the AFC and the NFC. If it wasn't for Armodell standing up and saying, hey, look, I will put my Browns over there. I volunteer my Browns to go over there. Mm-hmm. I don't think any owner would have stood up because there were a lot of reports that nobody wanted to move. Yeah. Nobody wanted to budge. And Armodell was like, okay, you know, it's better for our league for me to just go ahead and volunteer. Maybe if I volunteer, somebody else will come over and, and volunteer with me. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. But then his business deals. Like, why yeah. would you take up the upkeep of the of the municipal stadium mm-hmm. and then want to whine, moan, and complain about it? But then that's also our city's fault for allowing that to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, the whole move is like... It's a it's a complicated situation. It is. It it always it always is. You look sometimes. You, you look at it too much from the Cleveland fan perspective. You could definitely get like you're gonna one-sided. say you're gonna get one sided and say like. Well, if you look wrong. at it, the national point too, because they put all that blame on Armodel. Like the thing the thing that hurt Armodel in the move when they when they were gonna put in vote of that of the syntax. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, and and this is a debate of well did did. They vote for the syntax because they already heard Modell was going to move yeah. over to the Raven to Baltimore, or were they already going to vote it in because the syntax vote was the day after Modell announced that the Browns were going to Baltimore, where he had the press conference and stuff like that, and that was a shock to everybody. Like that's legitimately was a shock because it is well documented that those meetings that he had with the state of Maryland and the city of Baltimore were top secret. Like, yeah. nobody knew he was down there, which I know it's the 90s and not a lot of camera phone, but that's still impressive because 
when, Ertz, when Robert Ertz say was 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 talking to Phoenix and talking to Indianapolis and Jacksonville about moving the Colts, eh, that wasn't so secretive. I mean, I remember yeah. watching those videos of Robert Ertz being drunk off his behind. You know, so I'm yeah. not moving the team. Yeah, okay. And then those Mayflowers came rolling <laughs> right. on in. But Modell kept it hush hush. Modell did keep it hush hush, but. It's like the syntax pass. Yeah, he. That's probably because he knew he would get an outrage. Like, yeah, it was gonna be a big outrage for you to move the Browns because we were just so we were historic at yeah. that point. So and we were good that year. Like, yeah, we were good. We were Super Bowl. We were, we were predicted to go to the Super Bowl that year. Bill Belichick was starting to come into his form. Yeah, Saban was an excellent defensive coordinator. Like. The staff that we had. That here. staff right there is like every like, NFL coach right now. I mean, pretty much. Like, I mean, you, can, you can crap on Eric Mangini, but Mangini became a head coach. Yeah. Saban is, is easily the most um, dominant coach in college football. The Harbaugh brothers were on that staff. The Harbaugh brothers were on that staff. So, so yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just that, too. <laughs> you know, the Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is going on over there? But it's just like, yeah, it's just like they, they had that, and then – um, you you had uh, Jim Schwartz was on that staff. Yeah. Um, Tom uh, Tom Detrimoff. Yeah. I, I know I p- probably butchered that name, but he was a young uh, staff member on that staff. You had Ozzy on that staff. Uh, it's just to me, it is crazy who was on that staff. Yeah. I mean, and I'm and I know I'm missing some names. I know I'm missing some names, but those are like some of the key names that were like, dude, they. You talking about future general managers, executives, yeah, coaches, yes. head coaches. I mean, the the coaching tree that Belichick has is not, like, the best when you put it on record. But the fact that they got to that point is pretty damn good. The problem is is that everybody, outside of Brian Flores, which he's struggling with Miami right now, but I don't put that on him, per se. I put that more on Because he's done a good job sometimes. Yes, yes, this is the Dolphins. Um, Outside of Flores, everybody tries to walk in like mini Belichick. And he's like, no, you you kind of can't do that. You know what I'm saying? But – Going back to uh, Modell before we really sidetrack, it's it's one of those things where, like, as a as a fan, as a Browns fan, it's like, dude, I don't want them there, but you got to put them in there. I mean, you don't you don't have these TV deals. You don't have Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football probably would not exist without Art Modell. Like yeah. that is a fact. Our, Monday Night Football been going on for what fifty two years, something along those lines. Fifty one, fifty two years. So, dude, Monday Night Football. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We got Monday Night Football. We got Sunday Night Football. They weren't doing these primetime games at first. They weren't doing this type of stuff. And and it's just like the the move happened. It happened. We can't go back and change it. You know. The, yeah. But, I mean, this is this is where, like, last week I said I had a little soft spot for Steeler fans. Because the only team that wanted to stop the move was Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. The only fan base that stood by our side and was riding with us and was protesting with us were Steeler fans. Yeah. They didn't want to lose that rivalry. They didn't want to lose that. They were standing with us toe-to-toe. And for that, I will always sit back and say, I got a small soft spot for them. Yeah. But, you know, when, when the when the team was building the new stadium, you know we had 11 teams? Mm. 11 teams that wanted to move to Cleveland. New stadiums attract people. Yeah. You know, and that, that included the Cardinals. That included... The, the Denver Broncos. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And I've even read a couple reports where Pittsburgh considered it a little bit, but d- yeah, you couldn't. Pittsburgh and Cleveland? Uh, uh-uh. uh, that would not happen. If they moved, that'd have been too much. Everybody like between us moving to Baltimore and then Pittsburgh moving to Cleveland, and it would have been a lot in that yeah. division too. But if you really think about it too, it scared a lot of cities. Yeah. Like that move scared like Cincinnati was able to get a new stadium, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. 
Um, I think the Cardinals was able to get a new stadium. Even the Vikings, the Vikings years later down not because of the Art Modell thing. It's like, yeah. no, we don't. We saw what happened in Cleveland. You know, the Baltimore thing was like, okay, you know, they, they snuck out at night, but we saw the reaction you can get. We shouldn't really move the team. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with, with the Spanos. Dean, particularly, with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He moves the team, you see how he can't go back to San Diego. Yeah. Even if the league forces him, they won't take him back. Nah. They got too much stuff to do in the, over there anyway. <laughs> so the fact they had that much fan support over there, and, and that situation is just ugly. It's just ugly. It really is. Yeah. Like, you want to? You don't want to cover for the $360 million that the city is asking you to cover for a new stadium. Okay. So you try to raise taxes in multiple ways. Okay. Then you rent a stadium out from Kroenke. Okay. Then your relocation fee is $359 million and you pay it. <laughs> right. What type of stuff is that? That is crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy. Like, what? These moves get crazy. It, it really do. It really do. Yeah. The moves, moving, it's just like, especially when, if you don't, like, like the way the Rams and the Chargers kept their name. Right. Right. I mean, our model was ready to become the Baltimore Browns. Mm-hmm. And we stopped that dead in the was Like, uh-uh, don't you go nowhere with that. Yeah. <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? Uh-uh. And I think that's why the NFL still don't like us. We sued their asses. I mean, uh, I mean their butts. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, we, we sued their butts. So it's like, you know, it's just like, they don't like us. Uh, that's why, you know, I, I still think, uh, um, what was that, Bottlegate? The Bottlegate game? I still mm. think that was NFL's revenge. I honestly believe that. <laughs> I mean, think about it. A play has already ran. What are you talking about? Oh, we had miscommunicated. The play already ran. Yeah. You shouldn't have challenged the play from two plays ago. That's a lot of block, if you ask me. So I think that was a little bit of revenge. Yeah. You know, sometimes where you know we go, whether the referees hate us, and sometimes they, you can tell. But also, it's like, like especially we used to say that a lot in a lot in the Hugh Jackson era, and it's like no, that was just bad football. Yeah, this is bad football. <laughs> I was like, that's just bad football. So, yeah, I mean, I think Armodell deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I thought you was gonna say no to that, but I hate Armodell just off of what he did to my city and my team, just between. Paul Brown, Jim Brown, and then moving mm-hmm. the team. It's just all of that. Yeah. Yeah, but he also did a lot good for the NFL. I mean, primetime Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, look, primetime Thanksgiving games is because of him. NFL. Like, Thanksgiving games already existed before him, and they were kind of popular, but primetime yeah. Thanksgiving game, thanks to Art Modell. So, it'll be thankful And I feel for like that. people are in the Hall of Fame for less. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, look, look, Art Modell, you know, we, we got to say thank you to him. Um, you got to give thanks to him because without him, we don't get to watch the Lions lose every Thanksgiving. So. I, guess, I, guess, <laughs> so, I guess we'll give him thanks. So we'll, give, we'll give him thanks for watching <laughs> bad football at 12 p.m. every every Thanksgiving. And, you know, you got to give him thanks for that, too, because if, if it wasn't for the Lions losing every every year, we'll have the Macy Thanksgiving parade. So, <laughs> right. yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back after these commercials. We are going to break down week eight, and we are also going to break down the Browns versus the Steelers because it is Steelers week we got it it's gonna be big we're gonna talk about that and break down the rest of the games for this week you are listening to technically it is real on northcoastunderground.com we'll be right back after these messages and music break 
I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you A, meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. If you're looking for a school to help you find your passion, then the Ohio Media School is the one for you. With hands-on coursework taught by broadcast professionals, as well as on-site job placement assistance, the Ohio Media School can take you to greater heights. Be on air within weeks starting with our student-run internet radio stations. Visit the Ohio Media School campus, 9885 Rockside Road in Independence, Ohio, with six other campuses to choose from across the U.S. Call us at 216-503-5900 or visit online at beonair.com for more info. Ask about our diploma program, financial aid available for those who qualify. The Ohio Media School. We change lives. Hey you, what are you listening to? Oh, it's South Landlocked Plateau, the best of bubblegum pop. That's garbage. You should be listening to NorthCoastUnderground.com, where the underground starts with you. You think I'm in my feelings, but I'm in my bag. I ain't even got no time to get all into that. I, I don't even want your new. You can get them back. I ain't worried about shit unless it's about the bag. Bag, bag. Is that why they mad? You you always causing problems. Do, do, do the math. We don't even level up, so be stay on my back. How you out here trying to flex with your niggas cash? Bag, bag. Bitch, you looking bad. bad. Worry about the wrong shit, I don't get into that. You fucking with a boss, boss, that's the cure to bag. Be, being broke don't add up, so don't get the bag. Yeah, I heard it's cuffing season. I cuff your word around town is you got some beef. How you broke is trying to catch them ones with me. When it's all said and done, I don't lose no sleep. Are you rad hope? Better keep them paws off me. They say I think that I'm the shit because I'm up next. I'll teach you broke bitches how to get a check. Make sure you speak back. Because I ain't got no time to get all into that. I'll be on my grind just trying.
trying to make it stack. And you hope still press with y'all bothered ass. They probably hate me because they ain't me. Been getting money, call me Jerry because I'm chasing chicks. And all you hope scary trying to copy me. What? No duplicates. Do you follow me? You think I'm in my feelings, but I'm in my bag. I ain't even got no time to get all into that. I, I don't even want your new. You can get them back. I ain't worried about shit unless it's about the bag. Is that why they mad? You you always causing problems. Do, do, do the math. We don't even live a what so bitch. They on my back. How you out here trying to flex with your niggas cash? Bad, bad. Bitch, you looking bad. Worried about the wrong shit. I don't get into that. You fucking with a boss, boss. That's secure the bag. Be, being broke don't add up, so go get the bag. Main squeeze, main squeeze. What? That's what he called me. He level with a hustle. That's why he chose me. Lady Difference between me and you is I don't need a nigga. I, I got my own money. You always got your hands out, but can't please a new. Now you mad you gotta beg just to please your new. He can't get it up for no bro, bro. No, we be together laughing at you. Use a joke, use a joke. It's all about the bag, it's all about the muscle. How you claim you pulling shit, but ain't got no hustle. You worry about me, but your rent do. How you gonna sleep with no house, boo? Kids running around yelling, eat, 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 eat. Lazy, get up off your feet, get up. You ain't press news and no sleep sleep. Never. Now you stress me and your nigga about to creep, creep, creep. You think I'm in my feelings, but I'm in my bag. I ain't even got no time to get all into that. I, I don't even want your nigga. You can get them back. I ain't worried about shit unless it's about the bag. Bag, bag. Is that why they mad? You you always causing problems. Do, do, do the math. We don't even level up, so bitch, stay on my back. How you out here trying to flex with your nigga's cash? Bag. You looking bad. bad. Worried about the wrong shit. I don't get into that. You fucking with a boss. Boss, that's the care to bag. Be- being broke don't add up, so go get the bag. That was In My Bag by Lady J. We are here on Technically It Is Real, and it is time to preview week eight and get those predictions in. And we're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Let me give you a quick stat, Kenny. Okay. The Buffalo Bills in the last three meetings, these are the scores. Bills win 56 to 26, mm-hmm. 31 to 28, 35 to nothing. That is the last three games. The Bills are outscoring, outscoring the Dolphins by that many points in the last three games. And I don't think nothing's going to change. I don't think at all. The yeah. Dolphins are 1-6. They're on a six-game losing streak. They're playing in Buffalo against the 4-2 Buffalo Bills. They're, the Bills' secondary, easily the best. They are the best passing defense in the league as we are speaking right now. They are the best defense in the league. First in total yards, first in passing yards, fifth, sixth, excuse me, in rushing yards, and first in points allowed against a Dolphins team who is 29th in points per game scored. Yeah. That is atrocious. I see another blowout. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I Between and the Bills are on them. After a bye week, yep. and that last game they played was that game versus Tennessee where they mm-hmm. lost on that Josh Allen uh, sneak, and they didn't get it. So right. 
Which They're wasn't gonna... a bad play call. No, it wasn't. Like, it was just just better defense. Yep, just how it goes sometimes. So what what, what do you think this score is going to be for uh, for Buffalo and Miami? I say, I say it's a it's a maybe not a blowout, but it's going to be not really close. I say about 31-17, but the game's not really close. Maybe a late touchdown by Miami to make it look a little bit better. But I, I would go this. I will sit back and say this, 38-3. 38-3? to, three. 38 to three. Yes. Ooh, Tua is yeah. not playing that good of a game. I mean, yeah. good of a year this year. Buffalo's rested. Miami's defense, like I said, Miami's defense are, is easily second-worst defense in the league. Like, like, if you look at their total yards, you would say they're the worst. Mm-hmm. But they're not worse than Kansas City. But, like, they, they give up the most yards in the league. They, they average – they're 30th in passing yards again in the defense. They give up 29.6 points per game. Mm. That is 31st in the league. Yeah, 38 to 3. Yeah. When you only you. average 18 points mm. and you give up 29, yeah, 38 to 3. 38 to 3 for sure between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And speaking of a division game, we go to another division game where we got the Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Kenny, does the Carolina Panthers snap their four-game losing streak? I do not think so. I think I think Matt Ryan shows out just as he's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, and I think he proves that. It might be a close game, but I think when it comes down to it, Matt Ryan's going to make a play and Sam Darnold is not. Right. Uh, Sam Darnold got out to that high start, and we was saying, oh, he escaped New York Jets hell. And it seems like now he's in Carolina hell, or he's just not that good. <laughs> right. Um, but, look, the last meeting that these two had was October 29th mm-hmm. of last year, so about a couple of days off to the day where they where Atlanta won 25-17. to 17. And if you look at Carolina's defense, their defense is not the problem. They're ranked third in total yards, giving up their second and passing defense. I mean, they, they only give up 197 yards per game in the passing game, and they only give up – and they give up 110 in the rushing game, which is 13th. Um, they, they're they tied for seventh, believe it or not, in points per game against them. They only give up 20 points per game. So, Atlanta is not going to have no cakewalk on, on offense because they have to face a team that plays the pass well. They have to play a team that stops – that stops you on third down. Yeah. And Atlanta's not that uh, – but but then to counteract that, Atlanta's good on the third down conversion. They're actually ranked sixth in third down percentage on, on the offensive side of the ball. Do you think that balance out, or do you think that Carolina will be able to stop the Atlanta Falcons from moving the ball um, and preventing them from getting more third downs? Um, I'm going to say they should be pretty decent at it, especially and also uh, – Gilmore will be able to make his debut. For oh yeah, this yeah, week, so. he sure will. So I think that does help out with 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 that with that defense as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I if I'm if I'm Carolina, I'll put Gilmore in the nickel because Gilmore doesn't have that same speed yeah. as these younger, faster wide receivers, especially like when you got a Kyle Pitts and a Calvin yeah, Ridley way. on your team. Yeah, but you put him in a nickel, maybe maybe double Kyle Pitts and let Calvin really really kill you. Yeah, uh, that that would be my thing. Yeah, because like, the way Kyle Pitts is playing, you might need to just stick him on Kyle Pitts and just yeah, see oh if yeah. you can shut him out. Like, Atlanta's offense is crazy. Yeah. Their defense is yeah. horrendous. You know, <laughs> like, like just a snore fest. It's just an absolute snore fest. And, like, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm Atlanta, it's like, yo, Atlanta got all the offensive power to be a Super Bowl team. Yeah. 
Like, they really do. But, again, eh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they can run the ball better. They're ranked 27th in the run, uh, running and rushing offense. So, I don't think we're going to see a lot of running. I mean, Atlanta's 27th, the Carolina's 20th. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a lot of running. I think we're going to see a lot of passing. But I think Carolina's defense is good enough to stop that offensive firepower on in the passing game, mm-hmm. for sure. So, what what is your predictions for this game? I still, I think I still like Atlanta. I just don't trust Sam Darnold or Carolina's offense to put enough points up. So I say it's a low-scoring game. I, I say twenty-one seventeen Atlanta. I, I would, I would say Atlanta wins this as well. Uh, I would, I would say twenty to seventeen, twenty-one to seventeen. I think that's right around the right ballpark. I think me, you definitely agree on that. Yeah. Um, do I think Carolina can win this game? Yes. Yeah. I, if, if there's if there's any chance for Carolina to win this game, it w- win a game and snap the streak, it would be this game. Because they face New England next week. I-, I think New England's too good for them. Yeah, just the scheme in New England is just too good for – I know that off- Carolina offense probably not going to do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think so neither. So, we both got Atlanta winning. But I do think Carolina has a shot yeah. against this one. And the last time I said the team had a shot of snapping a losing streak, that was Jacksonville going up against Miami. And I was right about that. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so let's go down to the next game, which is the number one team in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, going against Joe Flacco's Jets. And last time these two teams played, twenty-two to six, Cincinnati win on December first, twenty nineteen. This will be played in MetLife Stadium. Who do you have winning this game, Kenny? Well, no shocker here, but I got Cincy. I think. They're playing well right now, looking like a real contender in the AFC North. So, Mm -hmm. I think they handled their business versus the Jets. I say, I feel like uh, Joe Burrow just – I feel like it might be more of a Joe Mixon game than a Joe Burrow game because I feel like they'll probably try to run the clock out more than just throwing it all over the place. But the way Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are playing, I know the Jets aren't going to have that much to do. Ain't going to be able to stop that. So, Sissy should win this one handily, but you never know. I, I I do got the Bengals winning this, but I don't know if – see, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like this is where the Bengals bungle. You I think, think so? the Jets can walk out with a win. And here's the interesting part. Joe Flacco's not even playing in this game. It'll be Mike White mm, who will be mm-hmm. making his first career start. So Mike White will be making his first career start. So it's not even Joe Flacco. I thought it was Joe Flacco. It's not Joe Flacco. It's Mike White. Yeah. Does that help the Bengals just blow them out even more? <laughs> it could, but, you know, you never. we don't know what Mike White plays like, so he could be. Right. I mean, we kind of do know what he plays like. That's why they traded for Joe Flacco. He's not ha- Joe Flacco's <laughs> not happy to be back there. Yeah. But the reason why I say the Bengals bungle mm-hmm. is because the Bengals are like us, again, like the Browns. When you don't expect anything from them, this is where they go off. When you do expect something from them, this is where they fold under the pressure. And this is no disrespect to Jamar Chase, who was having easily – one of the best rookie years of of all time and from a receiving point. Joe Burrow is a absolute dog. They do have Joe Mixon. That defense is good. 
That defense is real good, especially in the run game. Uh, I, I just I just see the Jets pulling the upset. But something's telling me that this is upset city right mm-hmm. here. Something's telling me I got the Jets winning by three points. All those close games Cincinnati played earlier this year. Yeah. I think it bites them again. I think it bites them again. I have the Jets actually winning this game by a score. You ready for this? And this is a team that averaged 13 points per game. Mm-hmm. That is the worst in the league. I have the Jets actually scoring 31 points against this defense. Oh, okay. That includes, yes, and yes, Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati does only give up 18 points per game. But this is my bold prediction of the week. The Jets will give up, will score 31 points. The Jets will give up 30 points. And the Jets will win 31 to 30 off of a game winning field goal. Mike White would throw three touchdowns. <laughs> this sounds crazy, yeah. but this is why it's called a bold prediction. I get you. Mike White would throw three touchdowns, and the Jets secondary will shut down Jamar Chase. How bold is that? That is a bold prediction. <laughs> Like how about I'm talking about the 25th ranked passing de- uh, passing defense going up against Jamar Chase, yeah, and T Higgins, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I but. think they I think they focus on Jamar Chase. This is Robert Sala's strong point. Yeah. When he was in San Francisco, was shutting down the number one wide receiver. They shut down Jamar Chase and they rely on. Losing against T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, you got a point. I mean, if they could, if they could shut down Jamar Chase and make Joe Burrow make some tough decisions, maybe force a turnover or two, they could be in the game. They can be. Now, a team that averaged thirteen points a game, giving them thirty-one. But that's my bold prediction. That's my bold prediction. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So, the next game we got is the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are 3-4 and four with a two-game win streak. This is happening in Lucas Oil Stadium, the last time these two teams faced, 25-16, back in September of earlier this year. Do you think the Titans go for the sweep here? I do not. I think, actually, I think Indianapolis pulls the upset on this week. Tennessee is riding high after beating the Bills and beating the Chiefs. I think they're filling themselves a little bit. And I think the Colts are also – and I think the Colts also need this game, which will bring a little bit more to their side. I feel like they'll play a little bit more desperate. And I think they pull a close one out. Like, a, I feel like it'll go 27-24, like game-winning field goal. I feel like uh, Carson Wentz plays well, and he keeps them in the game for most of the game. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people are giving Carson Wentz flack. But look at his stats. He's 141 um, pass completions compared to 219. Has a quarterback rating of 102.8, 1,695 yards, 11 touchdowns, just one interception. Yes, he has been hurt because he is Mr. Glass himself sometimes. (laughs) But, look, you you got, as far as passing team goes, they're dead even in passing yards per game. The Colts average 20, 229 points per game. I mean, points well, yards per game, excuse me. That would be a lot of points if you average that many <laughs> right. points per game. But that's how many yards they average in passing. The Titans, 227. So they're, they're right there on the edge between each other. 
They're both equally good in the run game. Obviously, we know about Derrick Henry, but the Colts is just as good. They're just as good with that run with that run game, especially with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Do the Colts defense have enough firepower? Who is ranked 14th in the run game on defense? Have enough to stop Derrick King Henry? I think they got enough to keep it close. I don't know if they're gonna stop him. That's hard to do, but yeah, I think they contain Henry. Yeah. I think they have an opportunity to contain Henry. I have the Colts winning this game as well. I, I would give you the game-winning field goal. I, 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 what was your score again? I said 27-24. Knock down three points for each team. Okay. So, yeah. make it 24-21. Yeah. And I, I think that's good right there. Next, we got the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. Do Detroit get their first win of the year against I, the Eagles? This is my upset. I think they do. I think they pull it off. I think they've been playing hard and playing well. They just – they're a young, bad team. So, young, bad teams, even though they play hard, play well, it's hard for them to get that win because they don't – sometimes it just comes out to they don't have enough talent. Right, right. And, I, I agree. I mean, Jared Goff's not playing the best football. I think we know what Jared Goff is. Yeah. And the last time these two teams faced Detroit won 27-24, September twenty second, 2019. Uh, they, they're about evenly matched on the offensive side of the ball outside of points per game. But – uh, Philadelphia is ranked 21st, the Detroit Lions 23rd in total yards, passing yards per game. Philadelphia is ranked 20th, Detroit is ranked 17th. Rushing yards per game, 22nd for Detroit, 15th for the Eagles. And points per game, Eagles average 22, the Lions average 18. So they're about dead even. Yeah. They're about – now, defensive-wise, they're, they're pretty close too. The rankings are pretty close. They both are – Pretty much one and two when it comes to uh, points per game given up. Like, the Eagles are ranked 24th. The Lions are ranked 25th. Mm. Do the Lions lose off of another game winning field goal? <laughs> <laughs> like, do they lose? Like, to me, that is insane. Yeah. Do they lose off of another game winning field goal? I think they can I think they can get their first dub this time. I don't know. I don't know how. But I think they can pull an ugly game out. If it, But Philly does like to score. Right. Philly will, it yeah. will come around and put some points up. So they're going to have to put a little bit of points on the board. But I think they could do it. Like, Philly's not that great of a team. And I think that that 0-7 desperate, like, we can yeah. do this versus yeah. this. Bad, this is a bad team to It'd play. It would be so crazy if the Lions became the first team to go 0-17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. As a Browns fan, that's okay with me, you know. Like, I'll uh, take yeah, it. I'll yeah. take somebody taking that off my – Right, my right. resume. All right, so look, we're we going to move on. San Francisco versus Chicago Bears live in Soldier's Field. Uh, look, Justin Fields is not having a good year, mm, and yeah. it's not his fault. You want to know why it's not his fault? Can we get him an offensive line? Please. <laughs> For the love of God. Can we get him a head coach that realizes, hey, I don't have a good offensive line. Let me run some screen passes here, <laughs> right. can some I not, slants. Can I not run uh, all wide Throws like that's right what we're doing. now. All the last doing. now, both of these teams are on the skid. The San Francisco 49ers on a four game losing streak, the Bears on a two game losing streak. Last time these two teams faced back in 2018, 14 and 9, Chicago had won that game. Do Chicago win this game? Uh, no, I think San Fran pulls this out. I, I think so too. With Jimmy G and you got Dab, uh, Debo uh, Samuel. And then you got um, you got the Bosa brother over there, yeah. Nick Bosa. I almost said Joey, but Nick Bosa over there as well. I think this is. I think it's going to be another Browns game for the Bears. Yeah, this could get ugly. I think it could get Bad. ugly pretty fast. Pretty fast. Now, what's your score for that one? I'm gonna say this is a blowout. I say 
31 to 3. Mm. And this mm. is another uh, should we fire McNaggy now or at the end of the season type of game. I think you should just ride with him for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Just let it just let it go out and just get oh, man, that's <laughs> and, and the and I and I've I've said this last week and I will continue to say this again about the Chicago Bears yeah. and the Denver Broncos. They are one great quarterback and one competent head coach away from being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. They really are. And that's nothing against Justin Fields, because Justin Fields has time to grow and needs a way better offensive line. But if the Bears get a better offensive line in the offseason, get a new head coach, the right head coach, then they're Super Bowl contenders. Because that defense, man, I know that defense shoulder hurts. Yeah. It hurts carrying that defense. <laughs> right. But, again, people say, oh, the defense is not the same, defense is not the same. You kind of can't be when you're always on the field. Yeah. I've always said that. If That'll you are, take away a lot from your exactly. defense. If you are always on the field, you're going to get tired. It gives the offense more opportunities to score and move the ball down the field. So that's just my take on that. Yeah. And then finally, for the 1 o'clock games, the Rams, because we're going to get into Browns and Pittsburgh, trust me. Rams versus Texans. Let's just go through this. Rams win this one easily. Yeah, easily. Probably. I'm not statistically breaking down this game at all. The Texans suck. The fact that they only got one win because they played Jacksonville. Thank you, Jacksonville. <laughs> you suck. Right. But it's like, uh, it's the Texans. It's the Texans. Rams win this one easily. Matt Stafford throws some five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I say it's a, it's a blowout. It's a blowout for sure. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the 4 o'clock games. We still got the Browns and Steelers to talk about. This is Technically It Is Real. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks and a short song break. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I do the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn earrings today. Buckle up, Sarah. Michaela's got, like, the best earrings. Sarah, buckle up. I wish my name was Michaela. We're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I wonder if there's pizza at school today. It can be tough getting through to kids, but it's your job to make sure they're wearing your seatbelts. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Want to be on the radio or TV? Do you want a career in broadcasting? Then the Ohio Media School is for you. We have a hands-on course that is taught by broadcast professionals that already work in the field. The Ohio Media School has seven different campuses that you can choose from. We also include 160 intern hours that you get from working at a real-life local radio or TV station. We also have two radio stations on campuses operated by the students. Once you graduate and receive your diploma, yes, it is a diploma program, we have career placement assistance to help you build your resume and help you find your first job in the broadcasting industry. For more information, call 216-503-5900. Again, that number is 216-503-5900 or go to beonair.com. That's beonair.com. The Ohio Media School for Broadcasting Careers. The end. We're here to make rock great again here at NorthCoastUnderground.com where the underground starts with you. 
That was Ever After by Neverland. We are back to Technically It Is Real. And we only got a little bit of time left, and we still want to talk about Browns and Steelers. So we're going to go through this real quick. We got Tampa Bay versus the New Orleans Saints on Fox. That's probably going to be the Fox game of the week. It is revenge game for Jameis Winston. Does Jameis Winston open the bakery against his former team, or does he pull off the win against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? I think he plays well, but I think Buccaneers still pull it out. Close game. I say uh, Tom Brady game-winning drive, uh, 31-27. I will give I will give the Saints this win. I think the Saints' defense is good enough uh, to, to try to stop them, I guess. But like I, I, I got this. I got the Saints actually winning this game, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. I got them. Okay. I got them a ten-point win, and I think they can do it. So let's move on to the next game, which would be the Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings Sunday Night Football on NBC. Who we got? This is my upset of the week. I got Minnesota pulling this upset out. I feel like Minnesota's three and three, but I feel like they're a lot better than their record. Definitely. And I feel like. Uh, the Cowboys are good, but I think they're getting a little overhyped. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are like, oh, the Cowboys, same levels, Rams, and same levels, Buccaneers. I don't think that's true yet. And I think they get a little, come down a little earth, and they lose a close one to Minnesota. And I say Minnesota wins 28 to 21. Now, last time these two teams faced was last year. Dallas had won 38 to 20, 31 to 28, excuse me. But I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I do think Minnesota is better than their than their record shows. I think Minnesota should really be like five and two or mm. like not five and two, uh, about well they're three and three right now, so that's six games. So they should really be four and two yeah. or something like that. Or or I would even say five and one themselves. Like they really should. They just lost a lot of close games. I think Minnesota can pull this win, but it's not gonna be because of offense. I think this is gonna be a defensive game. That does include with the firepower that that Dallas has in Dallas weak defense. Mm-hmm. But I think they don't throw to Trevon Diggs' way. I think that is a that's a start to beat Dallas. Don't right. go to Trevon <laughs> Just Diggs. don't go that like, direction. Trevon Diggs is having that type of year where he might break Dig Night Train Lane's uh, record for most interceptions in, yeah, a, he might. Uh, in a year. He might break that record if they keep throwing in his direction. I do have Minnesota winning this game again, but I, I, I'm going to keep it low scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it 14-7. Okay. I'm going to keep it low scoring. It might be another boring Monday night, a Sunday night football game. And then let's get to the Monday night football game because we, we don't care about the Chargers and Patriots. Seattle and Jacksonville, we'll go over those real quick. Seattle wins, Chargers win, and the Broncos beat the football team. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you with all of those, yeah. And then finally, New York Giants versus the Chiefs. I got the New York Giants winning this game. Uh, have you oof. seen Patrick Mahomes? I know, man. I know. Do you this realize that the Chiefs have the most turnovers in the league this year? They are also the worst team in turnover differential. They have the worst defense. Now, they better thank God that they're playing against the New York Yeah, Giants. I'm like, it's the Giants, though. Like, I don't know how much confidence I have in the Giants. But I don't have that much confidence in Kansas City. <laughs> I don't either. I think I, it's going to be a good game. I think the league has figured out Kansas City. And... This is probably going to be a topic that I talk about next week is the difference between skills and talent. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City has gotten away with a lot of things because of talent. And the Buccaneers showed in that Super Bowl, oh, they are beatable. 
You take away their talent and make them go off of skills. Yeah. Make them go off of logical thinking. And I think a lot of teams looked at that tape over and over and over again. If you really think about it, Kansas City's three and four, but they should have lost against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They should have lost that game. Like, they really should be two and two and five right now. Like, Mahomes has thrown nine interceptions. He got a lot of yards, but that's because he just throws it up there. But that throwing it up there and doing whatever he wanted to do, like he did the first three years, I think it's starting to be long gone. Yeah. So those are previews for week eight, but we still got one more. We got the Browns versus the Steelers because it is Steelers week. We'll be right back after this commercial break. And I promise you a short song break, and then we're going to talk about the Browns versus Steelers. This is technically it is real on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back shortly. So let's get into it, Kenny. Browns, Steelers, live at First Energy Stadium here in Cleveland, Ohio. The last time these two teams faced. We know when was the last time. 48-37 to in the wild card game. Rip. In Pittsburgh, we embarrassed them on national TV. This is a long, decorated history rivalry game. We hate them. They hate us. We can't stand them. Oh, best believe, we can't stand you guys neither. Who wins this game? I think we take it. I think the Browns, come on. I think it actually gets – I think it actually starts to get pretty ugly. I think Nick Chubb controls the game for the, the most of the day. We can I think still, our defense shows up. Right. We can still play that two running back system. We got Dearness Johnson. We got Nick Chubb. Yeah. I am not happy that Baker Mayfield starting this game. Me either. But I'm going to see how he looks. Yeah. See how it goes. Cause Let's be glad it's not the, the throwing shoulder. Yeah. But I feel like if this was not Pittsburgh, they wouldn't play him. I think I, I do believe that. Yeah. Like they say, oh, he's 100% healthy. How's he 100% healthy when he just had a torn, a torn labrum uh, last week? That yeah. makes no sense to me. So the torn labrum just healed by itself? Yeah, personally, I wouldn't have played him either. But if they, they uh, Coach Stefanski said that the. The GOAT. The GOAT. Right. He said that medical cleared him and everything. So we'll I, see how he plays. I don't know. But, I think medical cleared him because it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like. Keenum, Keenum is viable enough to start. Keenum knows this system like mm-hmm. the back of his hand. Like Keenum knows his system more than Baker Mayfield. Like Keenum's been in this system longer. Yeah. So it's like I, I just I don't know. That's that's the thing. Like I don't know if you start Baker. I don't think we win this game either. I think Pittsburgh wins. I think we win though. I don't think so. Can you imagine waiting nine months, a whole pregnancy? To get your vengeance, can you yeah. imagine that? That playoff loss for Pittsburgh. Like, think about it in Pittsburgh suits. They want this win. They they do. they they want it back. Chase Claypool want this. TJ Watt wanted. It. Ben Roethlisberger was embarrassed on national TV by the Cleveland Browns. They want this win. They want it bad. Yeah. They're gonna come out playing the best football they played. They're mad. They're hot. Like, just think about like. Like, I, I just can't imagine you, like, someone doing you dirty. Yeah. And instead of you getting your instant revenge, you have to wait nine months to get back at them. And you can't do nothing about it. It's not like you can, like, sit there and plot for it or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't do nothing about it. And it's like, you can't sit back and tell me they weren't thinking about this game since the moment it came out. Yeah. Like, they, teams go, oh, we think about week to week. No, they were thinking about this game. There's no doubt in my mind. Yes, you got to prepare for other teams. 
they're thinking about this one. And both teams are coming in fresh. Both teams are coming in. Pittsburgh's coming off of a bye week. We're coming off a 10-day rest. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a massacre. But if we can get Chubb going, I like our chances. We play that. Well, we got to get the ball to Odell. We got to press for the ball and this and the third. I don't like our chances, Dan. Yeah. I just don't. But, look, the Steelers' defense, they're, they, they're good, but they're so much better. They are so much better with T.J. Watt on that field. Yeah. Now, I have no issues with the Browns' front seven when it comes to that defense. I think our defense is good on the front end. It's our offense. I mean, it's, it's that back end, excuse me. It's that back end of the defense. Yeah. But if you look at the statistics, we're not that bad on the passing defense. We yeah. give up 215 yards per game mm-hmm. on defense. Passing yards. That's ranked six. We're the second best run defense in the league. So you know they're not going to run against us. Najee Harris, he's a, a great player. I think he has a bright future, but that offensive line sucks. Yeah, they haven't been able to score the ball for real. No, they haven't. They, they average uh, 19 and a half points per game compared to us where we average 24.7 points per game, which can you – would you ever imagine the Browns averaging 24 points a game four years ago? Right. I wouldn't have imagined that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just – like, I, I look at this team, I look at the Browns, and the Browns, is, the Browns' biggest downfall is third down. Yeah. Our third down defense is horrendous. We have the 28th worst – third down defense in the league like that's what kills us it's not it's not first and second down we stop them first second down yeah it'll be, it's, it'll be long thirds yeah it's not even like we're losing third and fours we'll be like third and nine third and 12 and, 30, and you're like 13 okay it's, we should be off the field and yeah. they get a 15 yard pass yeah. i'm like it's crazy and it's just like all right joe woods get it together get it together yeah but look the, the steelers ben roddisberger all-time record 17 three and one against the cleveland 17-3-1. All the odds are still in Pittsburgh's favor. But this game to me is important because I wonder if my prediction is going to become true with this. I said it back in January to my friends, and I will say it here. That playoff game, to me, was the changing of the tide in the rivalry. How true is that going to be? We're going to find out in in a little over 24 hours from now. When 1 o'clock hits and that ball gets teed off, we're going to find out, is there really a changing of the tide? Yeah. Because it's not just the wild card game that they got to think about here for Pittsburgh. They got to think about that last game of the year. Yeah, because we almost didn't make the playoffs. Right. They got to think about that too. So, And that happened in back-to-back weeks. So there's two games where they are sitting back and like, yeah, we, we got to beat them. We got to bear's bottom not once but twice in two weeks. In two weeks. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, I'm hearing, is going to be the call of this game. Oh, nice. I don't like that. <laughs> like, I, I love Jim Nance. Tony Romo's act is starting to wear off a little bit for me. Yeah. But we don't do that good in front of them. Oh, yeah. We don't do that good in front of them. Like, the last time we had them, uh, we lost against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We don't do that good in front for some reason. And Jim Nance lived here in Cleveland. He's a Cleveland native. Yeah. I was just reading an article about him living in Cleveland. He lives in Pepper Pike. And 
you know, his his whole, his entire in laws live up here, and oh, okay. and uh, yeah, it was, it was a whole article about that about his in laws live up here. Mm-hmm. Um, he his he lives up here during the off season. He he does his rounds of golf up here. He does it in Detroit. It's the perfect area for him to travel out of, and he knows his area like a Cle- like Jim Nets is a Clevelander. Mm. And he, he's happy he's doing this game because he's like, shoot, I ain't got to go to no hotel. I can sleep in my bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I can sleep in my bed this week. So, yeah, I, I, I do have Pittsburgh winning. I think I think they win. I think they win 28 to 24. I think it just comes down to, like, I don't I don't even say a game-winning touchdown. Mm. I just think, like, I just think they, they'll just be ahead throughout the entire game. I think, I think that first quarter, that first few drives on both sides of the ball, they're coming out firing. Like mm-hmm. they, they're gonna come out and try to punch us in the mouth. Yeah. And if they successfully punch us in the mouth, it's gonna be game over in my opinion. I don't know, man. I think we're a different team. I think I think this is the time where Pittsburgh, we both we don't play our best game, and Pittsburgh plays a great game, and the game is close, and we show that we're the better team at the end right. of the game. We're better than four and three. Yeah. We're better than four and three. But I will say this, and it goes gives credit to both Stefanski and Tomlin. It's coaching. Pittsburgh should not be sitting at three and three. They no. really should. It's coaching. Yeah. It's coaching. Like, yo, Stefanski's the GOAT up here. He's been the best head coach we've had since we came back. Mike Tomlin's a great head coach. And I'll tell you, the, the best thing I saw this week, we talk about Brown Steelers, Brown Steelers, then the USC rumor comes out. Did you yeah. see that clip where he yeah. shut it down? That was one of the best things I've ever seen in a long time from a head coach. Yeah. Of any level. That was fantastic. Yeah, just to shut it down like that. like. And the way it was style and finesse. Yeah. Just, oh, man. It was it was beautiful to watch. I, I, I've always been a fan yeah. of Tomlin. But, you know, it's always Pittsburgh. So yeah, it's, it's just like, like everybody loves Tomlin, but you can only love him so much, right? Yeah, because he's from Pittsburgh. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that has... That that's it. That's it. Uh, I got the Steelers winning this one. I, I don't expect that much from them. When I don't expect again, same way with the Bengals. When I don't expect much from them, that's when they show out. Yeah, I think I think Nick Chubb shows out. He been out two weeks. I think him. Mm-hmm. I think they. I don't think Pittsburgh's gonna be able to stop Nick Chubb. And I think no. we're gonna be able to do what we want on offense and not make Baker have to throw a whole bunch. So at yeah. that point, I think we control the game and take it. Yeah, especially if they can contain T.J. Watt. They don't yeah. stop Chubb at all. Well, this has been another addition to Technically It Is Real. I want to thank Kenny for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Oh, no problem. I, as I got you in my phone, Chef Curry. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate you coming on. It was a great show. I appreciate you coming out on a Saturday uh, and doing this show with me. It has been a great pleasure, great honor, and you are welcome as a guest anytime you want to, brother. I promise you that. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime you need somebody, just let me know, man. Yeah. Glad to be on. Yeah, no problem. So, again, this has been Technically It Is Real, and it has been real here on this show. We are going to close you out with a song. You all have a great day. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. And the show replay will be on Spotify very, very soon. So make sure you go on Spotify.com. Type in Technically It Is Real. It'll pop up all episodes from numbers 5 through 9. Yes, last week is on there will be on Spotify and all future replays of the show will be on Spotify. Thank you and have a great week. Goodbye.
You have finished listening to another presentation of Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Have a great week, everybody.